three, three, two, one, and we are back, folks. Another great episode today, and uh, we brought a very special guest on, one that you might have not heard on this on this podcast before. Uh, goes by the name of Christian Barzi. He's big time now. He's ready to rock. Um, made the acting debut, so we had to get him on. We had to get him on. As always, here. it's going to be available on all the regular platforms. So, Christian, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you on. It's Well, this is an honor. It is really an honor to be on, you wouldn't get it, with the Easton Roadhouse. I was saying this before when we just joined into the Skype. I was getting to know you, going through all that intro stuff. You know, it, it really is. I'm excited for this opportunity. The people have been talking. You're apparently some legend in the podcasting industry. So let's see what you got for me today. Yeah, and and look, man, same goes to you. It's an absolute honor to have a big name, <laughs> someone of your caliber on this show. Um, goes to show the places we're taking this podcast, and and I love it. I really do. Um, so for those of you that, that weren't aware, one half of this podcast, that half being Christian has within this last year, maybe a little more than a year, started pursuing some, uh, post-college, post-athletic goals of his. Um, some of those being in the acting slash modeling industry for those that have seen the modeling pictures, you know, they speak for themselves, so I won't say much there. But today we're going to focus a little more on the acting side. Christian, the, our listeners deserve to know this. They want to know what we're up to, all right? So just tell us. Baseball season wraps up a little early last year, right? Coronavirus hits, yeah. we get axed in March. We're done. When did this start becoming a, an idea of something that you wanted to do? And And kind of just walk us through that process of, how the thoughts began and and the first thing you went to to sort of actively start actually pursuing this and rather than it just being sort of a a long distance dream of yours. And you know that's a great question, Easton. And uh, I'm actually with the best. <laughs> so okay, so this starts. I'm gonna take you guys way back. So this when I was young, I loved movie. I didn't do a lot of like formal acting stuff. Just like your your classic elementary school plays whatever um always loved move always loved creating stuff whether it just be writing student probably horrible or they were horrible they weren't probably horrible or just like filming youtube videos just doing whatever i could to be creating stuff so i always had this like this desire to create content art whatever you want to call it so Obviously, baseball was also another love and passion of mine. And as I grew up through middle school, through high school, baseball started to get a lot more serious, started dedicating a lot more time to that. And just kind of that, I don't know, that that side of me, the creative side of me kind of took to the wayside. I was more focusing on baseball. So I ended up going to Valparaiso with my buddy Easton here, good teammate of mine. and. So it actually, it was tur or Thanksgiving break of senior year. I have a buddy at Iowa uh, who graduated from Iowa, who was a film student there. And he was, he was putting together his final film project, like 10 minute short film. And he wanted me to do it for him. He used to joke. I'd always tell him like, Hey, when you start making films, you better call me up, get me involved in it. Um, just like, cause, and that was, that's been over the last, five six years just because i knew like i, I like acting stuff like that just for the fun of it so he called me up we ended up doing this thing and it was kind of then that i thought why why haven't i taken this more seriously and that was just kind of like a thought that was circulating in my mind like why why tell me give me one good reason why i shouldn't just you know look at this and be like i mean give it a shot why not so after that I started thinking more about it and season time came around once again, just kind of goes to the wayside. And unfortunately, and we've talked about this a lot in the past in the podcast with coronavirus and everything, our season got cut short. And it was at that point 
that I just kind of, I sat down and, and thought just for a while about future moving forward, what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, this is a time in my life where, yeah, I just, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, why not? Um, and there were a lot of things going through my mind at this point. So the first thing, the very first thing I started doing, I have a buddy who actually, um, he was the Peacock just did a revival of the show Saved by the Bell. He was one of like the main cast members on that show, but he kind of started out a couple of years back, two, three years ago in the same vein. And so I was talking to him just for some basic books, anything I could do just starting out. And so I just started reading a lot of stuff, started watching videos and any video I could find on YouTube. And during because this was quarantine, there was a lot of time to just do whatever you wanted. There was nothing going on, no responsibilities. So I was watching a lot of movies. Every I was trying to watch pretty much every award nominated actor, actress movie, best picture movie over the last however many years. Um, every night I was just trying to watch something. Um, so I just started picking up these little things that I thought would give me some kind of, you know, just a look in the world of acting. Cause yeah, I've only been doing this for nine, 10 months. So I'm so unbelievably new to all this, but I'm just starting to pick up on some of the beginning tidbits. And then in the summer is when I officially started taking some classes, um, through second city in Chicago. So I took like four-ish classes last year and we'll be taking some more moving forward. But just, uh, yeah, it, it's all yeah. kind of, and, and I guess I will say this. So um, a lady I started working with, I, I basically went to her. She was a, a friend of my mom's and she works with models and actors. And this is the same person that uh, the guy I mentioned earlier who's in the show, Saved by the Bell. Um, he also went to her to start out. And she gave me the advice of, well, it, acting is obviously a very, very hard industry to break into. Um, but one thing you could do is you could also kind of try to supplement that with some modeling, modeling. It's, it's not easy also, um, but it's, it's going to be more consistent work, easier cash when maybe you're trying to work into acting. So like when they talk about how actors or actresses still work, um, like the work waiting or tables, stuff like that. This is just kind of like a way modeling some money on the side one. Cause acting, you just, it's going to be inconsistent in your work. You're going to be lucky. They say the ratio is like 30 to 40 auditions per job you get. Um, Cause there's so many different variables that play into the audition process. And I'm sure I'll go into that maybe a little bit later on in the episode, but yeah, just kind of, Got my head and I, got in my head and I was like, you know what? I will always regret this if I don't do it. Um, and you know, to be a winner in life, you can't be afraid of losing. So I was like, screw it, I'm gonna risk it. Um, and we're gonna see where it goes over the next three or four years. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And that is kind of how it all came together in the very early stages. Look at you go, man. It's like I'm a I'm having a, a proud father moment right here. No, I mean, and that's that's all cool stuff. A couple things I want to go to back to here. So the first one, um, you said you started watching a lot of movies just to kind of pick up on a few things here and there. I've always wondered this. So now that you are officially an actor, to an extent, um, do you watch movies tv series what have you differently now like can you only is it hard for you i guess to watch them from an entertainment standpoint since you look for those things or are they kind of just things that uh throughout the the watching experience that you pick up on mm -hmm. um so it's it's definitely a little bit of a combination i'm still like when you think of your your typical film student or someone who's very very into cinema, they just watch. They will watch literally anything, black uh, black and white movies from the '60s, '70s, German international from the '50s, anything. They're just trying to pick up on 
um, just at how films evolved over the years. I'm still not at that phase. Like I still like when I'm trying to pick out a movie I want to watch, I still kind of try to cater to something that I think I'm going to enjoy also. Um, not to say I haven't tried to watch some of the older and international films, um, just to kind of appreciate them in different ways. But most of the time I'm looking for a movie that I think I'm going to like as well as it's supposed to be very good um, just in general. So, and I will say this one movie that I watched last week, it's called the wrestler. It came out probably like 12 or 13 years ago, like Mickey Rourke. Um, probably one of my top three favorite movies I've ever seen. And it's, it, there's a lot of different reasons to that. Not only was the acting incredible, the story was incredible. It was about like a washed up professional wrestler, um, which I've always been like a, a huge professional wrestling fan. So there are a lot of different reasons why I love this movie. But it, yes, you definitely. And also, now that I've kind of been behind the scenes in a couple of things, I've done some like student films, some short films over the last year. Um, and you just kind of see, and uh, Chicago Fire as well, being an extra on that, you start to see how everything is shot, how each take is done, and you realize how monotonous everything is. Like, just the smallest shot or the shortest scene, how much it goes into this. Like, I shot three scenes um, the day that I was shooting as a firefighter for Chicago Fire, and I was there from three three four in the morning till six at night just to do three scenes um so it's there's so much that goes into this and you you start to kind of pick up on that um when you're watching the movies yeah wild stuff um beyond that you talk about so the timeline it seems like the timeline played uh, a big role in your decision so you kind of talked about how you know season was cut short there's this mm -hmm. weird off period of like i mean first of all all of us were in the position or most of us were in the position to where we could come back um mm -hmm. go to school for another year possibly play another year uh or just sort of wrap it up and this all happened in march so there's really you know a, a good amount of time there to think about mm -hmm. that stuff and to think about like you said what's next um knowing kind of what was going on in the world and the potential of how long it could last how much did that kind of play a role in like you know if there's a time yeah. to to try this it's got to be now because i have you know so much so much dead time just to sort of dedicate to this yeah. and to try and study this and not to mention you know you haven't started a, a career you hadn't accepted a job or anything at this point mm -hmm. So you weren't committed to something. So I've got to imagine that that played a pretty big role in you coming to the decision like, all right, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give this a shot and see where it takes me. You're absolutely right about that. So and I, and I mentioned it earlier in early quarantine, there was a lot of time to fill during the day. There was nothing going on, um, especially because this was like late winter early spring so it's not like it's that nice out either um so i was trying to find i was trying to take advantage of this time instead of just kind of sitting around all day and being like what what do i do with life right now so i definitely found ways to fill that by just studying things watching movies and this also did play into the decision of and it was tough obviously baseball's been a, a huge part of my life um, for the last 18 years and it's something I love and the hardest part about it was and I think this would go for a lot of us who were deciding was the fact that um, for the guys who were going to go back like to see my best buds going back and playing another year and not being involved that next year that was the hardest part it was like do I want to am I willing to sacrifice that and ultimately I decided that you know like it's not the end of the world. Like I'll still be able to see you guys plenty, be around you guys, watch the games. But yes, the the downtime in the early quarantine, and I had a lot of time to think about things, and a lot of time to just dive into things that maybe I wouldn't have um, if the season were just going on as normal, um, or if it 
worldwide pandemic if life was just moving at a normal pace. So it, it did play into the the decision making. And honestly, just the fact that it gave me a lot of time to think about things was probably what affected it most. Yeah. So early on when you're doing some of this stuff, when was kind of the first time where you were like, okay, I could definitely make this happen? Like, when did you realize you were kind of good enough and that wasn't? Because I'm thinking, so if I was in your position and I, I started doing this, I think I would find out pretty early on. I might suck at this this whole acting gig. <laughs> so, so thinking about um, that, what like when did you realize? I mean, I know you've said you've always kind of been involved with creating content, and there's always been that creative side to you. But when were you like, okay, I'm I'm watching these movies, I'm watching these shows, and then I'm watching the work that I'm making. I think this can work. I think I can do this. Okay, so. I'd say there's a couple things I'll go into with that. First of all, to go into anything that has a small chance of success, I think you got to just be overly confident about it. Um, and, and you can't really consider the downsides or the the plan B or the fact that it might, might not work out, especially in our early 20s. Uh, this is a time where I think if you're going to take risks, um, I mean – you have your whole life to do those things, but especially right now with the career, uh, we're getting to the moving into the point of our lives where we kind of want to find a career for ourselves. Um, you just kind of got to, this is the point where you have to make a conscious choice as to what path you want to take. So you kind of just got to have confidence in that sense. And another thing to kind of get into the, and I actually, I don't know if confidence is a good word for it, but just kind of like motivation as well. Um, just be and baseball also is good for the fact that to be okay with the idea of failing or things not going as well as you may think. Baseball is a sport where you're going to fail a lot, and a lot of industries are, but acting, especially whether it be not getting an audition or not putting forth your, your best audition, or just like there's a lot of different things that can go wrong. Um, but getting into the technical side of things, the the thing that I learned early on. Uh, in all this this research and and I'd like to stress that I don't know that much I I, I I've been studying over the last eight nine months but I this, I'm still very new to this but the you, thing you know that more than most of the people listening <laughs> yeah. so okay that, that's fair well, thank you uh, the, the thing that stuck out to me is to act you you just have to you can't be self-conscious about anything you kind of just gotta let your mind go free and trust your instincts and your imagination to get a character or be in that moment uh, and a lot of people say like it's not acting it's like a skill of of being that's that's the you know the intricate way of putting it um but yeah, to say acting that may get you in your head, like, oh, I have to act, like I have to do this, whatever. But that is what I learned early on. You kind of just have to take a deep breath, let all your inhibitions go, and just kind of go wherever your mind, your imagination takes you. Um, so that's something that like I had to try to really establish early on. Because being in athletics for the last 18 years, not really being in, in this mindset, I definitely had a lot of like walls up and a lot of just like emotional barriers up where it's like you kind of have to learn to just like not be self-conscious about that when you're trying to act in a scene or do something you kind of just gotta let it go free and like who gives a shit what other people think um it's and like especially when you're acting in a scene with someone else like they're thinking the same thing so you're you are ultimately working off them to create the best possible product um, so that was, those I'd say were the two biggest things early on, where it was like, just getting in my, my head, just go, 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 do not stop, just be confident about it. Um, just be determined to work hard at it and who knows how well it'll work out. But if you put your best foot forward, something's going to happen. And then yeah. also just the developing that freeing the mind of, of, cause like when you think acting people will just tend to try like think too hard about it and then it comes off as unnatural so you gotta just kind of let it go and then yeah 
All right. Chicago Fire. Yeah. So. Chicago how, Fire. <laughs> how did, I mean, in, it, first of all, just incredible debut. You had all the people on their feet. cheering wow. and clapping when you, were, when you got on the screen there. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful moment for Valpo. We were a proud city. Um, but going up to that, a lot of people, you know, when they think of actors or actresses, they think of the mainstream big dogs that you see on all the feature yeah. films. And I tend to think that when you're at that stage in your career, getting some of those gigs probably isn't as hard when you've already made that name for yourself. Now, being the position you're in, you know, you're looking to get this first gig. Um, <clears throat> haven't, at least to my knowledge, appeared on any like major films or TV sets prior to this. So what is that process in terms of like, how do you even apply to do this, to apply to, to try out at this? And then what was sort of that tryout process? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people think of that as kind of just like, you go stand in front of the director and you have to spout out some lines yeah. and then they're, you know, <laughs> they either yell at you or they love you and then they take you on. What was that? initial process like before yeah. you actually were were given that role there yeah so this role was a little bit different because it was not speaking um so i just so when you think of like a role or getting an audition most of the times that'll be like you you get an agent and then they are in contact with casting directors who like say this casting director this this company um is looking for let's say they're coming out with a new superhero movie and they're looking for a specific type of person to cast in a role, they'll send that out to all the agencies. Agencies will then submit who they think is, seem, is deemed fit for that role. And then the casting directors will get back to the agencies. Like say, say the agency submitted 10 different actors for this. Maybe the casting director will get back and say, okay, we like these three. We're going to have these three read for the role. That's how like a typical audition process would go getting it in the first place. This was a little different from that. Um, I basically just had to submit um, a couple pictures of me, um, so resume stuff, just basic information. Um, and then it was a process of a couple weeks where they just kind of got back, it kind of just letting me know, keeping me updated as like the numbers were getting narrowed down. And eventually they got back and said, okay, we want to have you come in and do the COVID screening and like fitting and all of that stuff. And at that point, it's when I knew that I was going to be able to do it. So that whole process was super cool because this was my first official, I guess, look at this, the true experience on a major, like an NBC set um, and going to the studio downtown Chicago and seeing seeing a studio where it's like seeing these sets everywhere and everything created it was super cool in its own right so just having that background base of information i gained a lot from just experiencing it all on chicago fire um so and the day came and we were actually on location an actual fire station so we weren't on a set or in a studio and like I said, it was, it was a long day. And another misconception is I, I shot in these three scenes. Let's say I was sitting around in this holding room for 10-ish hours. I was probably I was probably filming for about two or three of them. And the other seven was just kind of waiting around. So there was a lot of waiting around on set because um, you're not going to be included in every shot um, and, and everything that's going on. So it was, that's the first thing I learned to bring a book or bring something because it can get boring just staring at your phone all day. Now, how many times of those three on average did you have to reshoot those scenes? And what, yeah. what's some of the reasons, some of the main reasons, I guess, behind why you might have to do that? Yeah. So in a typical scene, in a typical shot, anyways they are going to shoot it multiple times from different angles. They're going to get just get as much coverage of the shot as they can. So the first one we probably did five, six times. Um, 
and from the first camera setup and then we switched around to another camera setup did another five or six times they just want to get as many takes as possible and yeah there there were times where the main actors or actresses would maybe they, they stumble over a line and they're just like all right they they reset and then they just keep going from where you're at so you don't really reset the whole scene it's just more of like uh oh, okay maybe you stumbled over a line take a second and then you keep going from where you're at um, so I'd say each scene you're doing four, five, six takes from each camera. So there's a lot of takes. There is a lot of stuff for the editors to go through and look through, but it also gives them a lot of different options um, to play with the camera work and stuff like that, just depending on how they want to format it. Gotcha. Interesting. Was Were any of the scenes more difficult than another i know it was it was non-speaking um mm -hmm. but you know for you to stay in character stay in place one thing that i was kind of looking at in the scenes was because obviously i was looking for my buddy christian barbie where's he at what's he do? <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. when i'm looking i'm like you know this might actually be hard because i'm sure there's specific like placements and yeah. maneuvers that these guys have to do um, and for those of you that didn't see it, you're in a, a large group of firefighters, um, yeah. for a lot of the scenes. So were any of those kind of difficult to remember, like your placement or what you had to do there, or did you pretty much have it down going into it? Um, so I, I guess the, the technical term for this is called like hitting your mark. So a mark is just like in a scene where, oh, say an actor has a scene first you're going to walk to this mark and then after you say those lines you're going to walk to this spot and like there's usually tape on the floor to mark that for the extras there's not um they just kind of say in general like so the first scene was a shot of us kind of filling in behind the the lieutenant who was at the fire station and he's just talking he's putting us all through like a firefighter training so we're just kind of walking up hanging out and um it wasn't too tough because it was pretty general, but the last of the three scenes we did where he was like handing out the certificates, the obstacle course finished or whatever it was, there was a lot of movement there. So the first scene I did, it's you kind of just feel out of place because you don't know, like you don't really want to be bumping into people or what, you know, cameras are rolling. But then after the scenes, after you go through a couple takes, you start messing up, especially because you're, that important shot in the grand scheme of thing i'm just supposed to be natural um in any way that i can and i will say this um it's been well documented that i have hearing issues in my left ear mm, so i don't yes. hear very well out of it and so they they tell us that we're supposed to kind of like mime talking so like during these scenes like mime just kind of like we're hanging out like laughing whatever and the thing is I'd be like t with these other firefighters, some of the other actors and we're like in the background of a scene and they'd like actually be talking to me very, very quietly. But like, I would have no, idea. I thought they were just like miming and then they'd be like looking at me like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> He's not saying anything back. And I'm like, wait, are you actually talking to me? So there was just like a lot of stuff going on in the background, but it was, it was fun. It was, it, it really wasn't too difficult. It was just getting through that initial, like, oh, this is actually, we're live. We're, we're going right now. And then once you're like, you just take a breath, you're like, oh, okay. We're just, we're just hanging out. It's nothing. So uh, it, it wasn't really too difficult because for my um, character, at least it was just a lot of, it was very casual, nothing that specific. And it was just more so about being natural than anything else. That was another question. What's that? That was that was another good question. Yeah. Remind us again. What was your character's name in this? Barna. B-A-R-N-A. Barna. Now is that a last oh, yeah. name or first name? That that's that's a last name. Uh, and it was just uh it was on the it was the name on the, the firefighter coat. So like it could have given on that name but that's the coat they gave me so i was barna barna yeah, i like it that kind of fits yeah it's got, a, it's got a ring to it <laughs> now at any point during this whole process did they say 
man, we need to get a good camera <laughs> of this kid's cheeks because those things are exquisite. You've been, um, been documented as having, you know, a great backside. Take it for what it's worth. But, you know, I, I feel like if I'm shooting the camera, one of these guys has got to pick up on that and notice, like, hey, let's get this kid's backside going here. Um, maybe throw on a little little tighter pair of some fireman pants. Yeah. Yeah. Was that well, ever so there were there there were some murmurs. I'll say that, you know, you're not ever truly in direct contact with the camera crew or the director, whatever. But there were murmurs. I'd be looking around. They're kind of looking at me, pointing at me. And, you know, maybe they're saying this guy's horrible. But I like to say in my head, cheeks. That's what cheeks, they're thinking. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's a fair assumption. That's what I would be saying. But <laughs> whatever. Um, so you, you get the gig. You do it. Great. Acting-wise now. So I have to imagine this is a fairly common starting place for a lot of people in terms of their first things they accept you know i think people get wrapped up in like i said before the the big dogs that you know of or now even you're seeing a lot of like social media slash influencers who find their way into films as kind of like a main role right away just because of the the following they've built outside of that and not to mention you know those people are are kind of actors in their own right like they have to be able to 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 play a persona and be a character for their large audiences now coming from your position here what is a realistic sort of build up to where you want to yeah. be in terms of like okay you've got this one out of the way you can throw it on the resume now mm -hmm. um i would assume you know next is probably some more similar type roles uh in terms of sort of building these up, what's the realistic like next step? Um, say you get a couple more under your belt. What do you move to after being an extra on um, a TV, an NBC TV series? What's next for Barzi? Yeah, and, and I do want to go back to a point you mentioned just briefly. You talked about the idea of how people always think about the big wigs and the, the biggest names. Uh, but when you really break it down, you look at these commercials, you look at these scenes, anything, everyone involved is acting like there is yeah. uh, even like the smallest someone who's off in the furthest corner of a shot. They've been brought on to be that person. Um, but, uh, and that's been in me, everyone involved in these things, for the most part, sometimes they'll do things in public, um, but they're brought on for the specific reason of. Oh, maybe the guy in the hat in the far right corner of the shot or whatever it is. But that that's everyone are in these shots, scenes, commercials, whatever it is. They're actors. They're not necessarily the Brad Pitts or the Leonardo DiCaprio's, but they're all trying to make it in their own right. So next step, uh, big step, the, the big like beginner steps, I'd say in the industry is finding yourself representation so that it's easier to get these auditions. So I actually, um, like three, three or four weeks ago, signed on with an agency for modeling and acting. And like two weeks ago, I actually had like had my first line audition. So they, they sent me like wow. a, an email or whatever, and they just describe it with the script, um, the character, the line I'm reading. And I was literally just a, like an assistant. And this was for the show Chicago PD. So I was like an assistant of the, the officer, the head police officer. And I was basically just coming in to let her know. I can't even remember what the line. It was like press, con uh, press conference in 20 minutes. That still works. Something like that. Just letting her know. Um, so I literally had to get in front and everything now is right now is like self tape. So you you're taping it at home and sending it in with all the COVID stuff. Yeah. So I had to send in like three or four takes of me literally just saying this short line um, and, and whatever. And roles like that, it's heavily and a lot of roles, but especially the one line roles, it's based off of the specific look that they're going for. So Maybe they want uh, someone who's brown haired, 
with curly hair, um, glasses look good on them. I don't know, but they, they're going to be going for the specific look. So just in general, with COVID starting to kind of die down a little bit, the industry as every industry was, was heavily impacted by this, even like finding an agent lady I'm working with, um, it, it was tough. Like there were a lot of agencies who weren't even considering people right now or are only looking for a, people with a very specific look. Um, so like definitely the lady I was working with and myself, there were different agencies we had to go through like um, to find the, the best fit for me to find the one that I landed with. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't easy. And this goes back to the, the, the failure and the rejection in this industry. Cause it's so based off of is which, which is one of the things that I, I kind of hate. It's so based off of like the physical appearance, especially the modeling, the acting, not yeah. so much, but it, it, there's just a lot of picky things and you got to learn to not take that, um, take that too personally. Um, so just next step, would basically be just getting these auditions, getting these small roles, finding whatever small role I can get. And also just creating my own stuff, like doing whatever I can to put together a little reel of clips that I've been in, um, which is kind of just another like resume tool you can um, in acting. So like I've been doing short films with the buddy I mentioned earlier, who, who was a film student. Um, so one of those will probably be edited and finished pretty soon. So I'll be able to use, those clips on a reel just being able able to sell myself in any way possible because as everything is it's a business you got to find ways to promote yourself to build your brand um and just better yourself in ways that when people start trusting your ability um casting directors see you they're like okay maybe this guy's not perfect for this role but we're going to remember him. We're going to call him back to read for another role or the right role when it comes around. It's about networking, creating those connections um, where people start trusting you and thinking, okay, maybe he could be a good fit for this. And eventually once you build that trust in the industry, you'll getting more and more auditions once you start getting more and more auditions obviously there's a better chance of you booking more and more and then once you get to the very tippy top like the the a-listers these guys um they're not they're not auditioning a margot robbie she's not auditioning she's just a director sending her a script and saying we want you to do this and then she'll say yes or no um but for me and for 99.9 percent of actors it's you're gonna have to audition um, until you really get to that tippy top and not not many people do get to that tippy top but there's a lot of different layers like we've talked about this when you think of acting people tend to think of the the top of the mountain but you don't think about the commercial gigs that could very well support someone or the small the show gigs television there's so much work to go around and that's one of the exciting things to me obviously you would love to star in in a big movie stuff like that but i think to get into this industry you can't just get into it thinking oh i i want to do this because i want to be famous you got to actually really want to do it yeah Um, because there's a lot of a lot of shit to deal with in it right are there ever instances and you might not know the answer to this but um where a role just so perfectly fits someone that even if they haven't let's say built up the experience or have, I guess you could say the credentials for it, um, that they land one of those bigger gigs just because what the, what the film is looking for or show, whatever is just the perfect fit there. Yeah. You got to have some semblance of ability to do it. But I guess one of the the lines I've learned in the industry is like when you get a callback, callback so the uh, initial audition and then say you get called back for like the next round of auditions that's based off of talent if you get called back that's based off of the fact that they loved your audition you've got some ability and pretty much everything after that is just luck of the draw it's going to be based on that finding that perfect look so they say like you base your successes off of getting those callbacks because eventually if you get enough you're going to land some roles um, so you just want to kind of get consistent um, callbacks is, is the technical word for it. 
you know, so, but yes, to answer your question, there are definitely situations where maybe someone who catches a break early, that's, that's, it's, everyone's looking to catch that break. And sometimes it happens a lot earlier than others. Fun, fun fact for you, a little bit of a, of a humble brag here, but uh, when I was about, uh, I think I was around 10. Okay. It may be the 10 to 12 range. Took a little baseball trip down to Arizona. Wasn't currently living there at the time. I was living in okay. Idaho. Yeah. Walking through the mall with my sister. And uh, there was a little set that was just openly accepting <laughs> some auditions for a commercial. So my sister and I, we auditioned for a Skippy peanut butter commercial. We had to say a little, uh, little one line and put on a nice big kid smile. <laughs> and got back to Idaho. We got the call back, man. No we were, way. Yeah, we got the call back. Unfortunately, it just it didn't make a lot of sense at the time for us to go all the way back down there. But uh, I'm one for one in my career on callbacks. So wow, that's I mean, a big who, deal. Who's the real actor on this set? That's a big deal. I, yeah, cut your career there. Say you're a hundred percent on the callback. That's failed yet. You're legit. They, they might have called legit. back three hundred people. I don't know, but I was one of them. <laughs> was one of them. Let's find um, a pull of that tape because that would be legendary. <laughs> that yeah, that line, if it even exists anymore. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll send Skippy over uh, an email and say, you know, hey, about 13 years ago, you had a yeah. little audition. I'd like to have that. But yeah. uh, no, so now I got a, a few little quirky questions for you. Here we go. Mixed up, right, we right. end things on right. a fun note here. <clears throat> so you look at like your Liam Neeson's. He's always known for just whooping some ass and being like the old, just badass 60-year-old man. Yeah. DiCaprio, yeah. he's always going to put out a banger, no matter what he's in. Uh, like your, your Kevin Hart, your Adam Sandler's, your funny comedy films. Mm -hmm. Christian Barzi makes it big. He's an A-lister. What type of films are you going to be <laughs> well-known for? What's going to okay. be... Your go-to, your knack. This is Christian Barzi. This is why the people love him. What kind of films? Okay, so like what? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, and I don't know if you've seen a lot of, and I've thought about this too. I don't know if you've seen a lot of like Ryan Gosling movies. Some is more recent. Yeah, I obviously. He, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Nice Guys um or blade runner stuff like that i feel like um like the type of movies he does like the nice guys for example it's just a buddy cop movie where he's just kind of like the goofball um just kind of stupid goofball cop i see myself kind of just being in roles that I don't know. I can just kind of sh be a little more goofy. We're, sure, there's some depth to the character, and there's going to be times where the character has to be more serious, but there's a little bit of a hard side to that character as well. So I know that's super, super specific, but I have start, started to think about that a little bit just for the fun of it. And I'd say if you looked at his like filmography, I could find a couple movies where I'd be like, okay, I feel like I could play that role kind of decent. I could come up with some ideas for it. So I'd, I'd say, yeah, to be really specific about it, look back at some of his movies. I feel like some of the characters he plays, I could do decently. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I like that. And I think you would fit that well, to be honest with you. Um, now, are there, in a lot of films, you have your villains. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. You look at horror films, you've got your creepy, demented monsters. Now, what a lot of people don't yeah. realize is, is you got just average people playing those those horrible demon, monster, villain, whatever yeah. it is. Are you comfortable and prepared to, to play one of those roles, and would oh. you be fine doing that? I think that would be 
one of the most more enjoyable roles. I think playing a villain, um, like especially sick. like a psychotic, like you think of a villain like the Joker, I feel like it would be almost easiest to play a role like that because nothing is off limits. Like you can do whatever you want, whatever crazy, sadistic, messed up thing comes to your brain, you can go out there and try it's it out. You a is shot. a lot. <laughs> it's just, yes, yes, it is. Um, but I, I think playing a villain would be a lot of fun because it's like, you just get to explore these different character types that like you're never going to see me or most people walking around being like Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker, just all creepy like, but I think it's fun to kind of explore those things. So yeah, when you say a horror movie, yeah. uh, like I, I love horror movies, scary movies be a lot of fun, especially like involved in that set. And I feel like I'd almost get scared being a part of it, but yeah. Who knows? It would be fun. <laughs> and, and with those, I mean, how much do you have to practice on your own time? I don't know if you do any of this, but when I think of roles like, say, like a Gollum in Lord of the Rings or something <laughs> where you just have to have such a weird set of like noises and a voice that you can produce. And in even when you don't look at like the horror scary side of it when you have like you mentioned margot robbie she's got a billion different accents that she uses in her mm -hmm. films um she's australian uh mm -hmm. but plays in a ton of like traditional american films old west whatever do you practice that kind of stuff um just ranging accents making weird little noises <laughs> weird little noises um i, I I mean, not, not really, not, I'm not at the point where I really do that too much. Like everyone can kind of act like they have a British accent. I don't know. Everyone just kind of messes around oh, yeah, with that throughout their life. <laughs> um, but nothing like that specific, uh, maybe like a, a Southern accent or something like that. I don't know. I, I've, I've got, got him rolling. I'm, going. <laughs> I'm limited. I've got a, probably a pretty crappy British and then a little bit of a Southern accent. Um, but no, I don't really practice different accents. Maybe if like I ever, if I was ever to play a role, like they have dialect coaches and they have coaches that really train you to work on that for that role. So that's Maybe. kind of process behind that. That's pretty sweet. Um, now, moving forward, wrapping it up. Big films. Have you ever... You've seen a lot of films now where the, the lead actor or actress in it is a big mastermind behind the film itself. Um, have you personally ever gotten any like film ideas? You don't have to share them. You don't have to ruin your masterpiece. But do you ever think of like, I think I could make a good movie out of this or I think I would play a good role in, you know, this specific type of movie? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always thinking, like, it's kind of similar. So I'm, I'm really bad at fantasy, football, baseball, whatever it is, fantasy football. I, I'm in a league with my buddies from back home, Naperville, and I've always, I usually lose. And last year I lost and I have to do stand-up comedy. I was supposed to do it last year, but obviously with COVID I can't. But basically when anything comes to my mind, any possible joke or bit I could do, I just kind of put it in my notes app. Same goes for coming up with possible ideas for a short film or anything. I'll just kind of throw it in and then maybe at some point come back to it. And I've said throughout this episode that my buddy who was a film student in Iowa, we work on a lot of stuff. Like we're just always trying to create stuff like the bigger piece we did in the fall and like November it's probably like 15, 16 minutes. We worked for months just on the script to that, um, kind of the background to it. So we're just, I just, uh, like I said at the beginning, at the very beginning of this, I said I like to create stuff and I don't know, just kind of use my mind to whatever, come up with things. And that definitely over the last eight or nine months, I've kind of found that again. And yeah, I enjoy just whatever sick messed up horrible ideas i can come up with yeah yeah maybe maybe i'll That's throw it on a notes app somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah it is <laughs> I, I don't you know i don't know if i would uh 
I would to respect you, but sit down for a Christian Barzi film because God <laughs> knows what is going to be involved with that. Um, yeah, man, that's all sweet. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like I said before, it was a proud dad moment watching you on on Chicago Fire this past. <laughs> was it? Wasn't this last week? Right, week before yeah, that. It was last Wednesday. No, it was last, last Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great episode. You got a little little shot there at the yeah. end where you accepted and you walked <laughs> yeah. away it was beautiful i mean again we were yeah. loving it um folks this will be available on all the regular platforms actually before we get out of here barzy you were the you were the guest of honor today you took it away i feel like it is unfair of me to give a barzy rating today so <laughs> for the first time and in, in you wouldn't here get it we go yeah, I'm going to over to you. Bring it my way. What is the what is the roadie rating of the day? The roadie rating of the day. So I'm gonna. You've been you've been very supportive of me in this whole thing, and we've been talking about last Wednesday a little bit. Going back, I just it was. Oh, I was absolutely cracking up. I was watching my mom and my brother, and just getting texts from you guys. Um. Oh, it was making my night. It, it was awesome hearing from you guys um, and all the jokes and stuff. All of us, man. Um, but yeah, and great, great questions. Great questions. I know this is the first time I've ever been truly on the show and interacted, but you're, you were a great interviewer. You impressed me with all the questions, kept the conversation flowing. It was seamless. Man, I, I I hate to I hate to come here and just kind of like take the easy way out, but you did a great job. There was no there were no step ups, and sure maybe this was kind of a, we we laid it out for you on a tee. This was an easy episode for you to get a yeah. great rating. So I see what you're doing here. You're having me just try to rate you because you know it's gonna be good, a little ego thing. But here, you, you like this? I'm gonna give you a a nine four. First ever oh, roadie dude. rating. You didn't really do anything wrong. You really, there's not one thing you can point to. You gave me great questions. Nine four is the first ever Brody rating. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah, and I and thank you for that. I mean, nine four, I love it. But I'll be honest with you, Barzy. That's you know, if we're doing that episode to episode, I'm probably dabbling in nine one to nine five <laughs> pretty much every episode. I mean. You know, we're shooting this at 11. I'm rolling out of bed at 1040, drinking a coffee and getting on. <laughs> no preparation. And I knock it out of the park. I mean, it's, Every it's, time. it's day and night for me. This is You're the world a specimen. Yeah, absolutely. You got all some. right, everyone. Again, available on all the normal platforms. Give it a listen. Support the co-host Barzi in his <laughs> acting endeavors. Go check out the Chicago Fire episode. Give him a follow on Instagram. He's got some great modeling content. A lot to come. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Folks, have a great week. <laughs>